Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by Dominic Durkis of Derek Comedy to talk about the Simpsons arcade game and Tecmo football and some other things that aren't quite so nerdy. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. A beautiful evening in Los Angeles. This week's episode, a little bit late. Our apologies. Shit hit the fan. Jordan's got kids to feed. I do. Got to put. Got to buy shoes for his babies. I do yes, my shoeless babies were getting a lot of uh, tetanus. Jordan, I know that you don't listen to a lot of rap music, Mm-mm. but that's why everyone does every crime. Baby shoes. Baby needs shoes. Oh wow! My baby needs shoes. Now they do mean literal babies, or just do they mean like their girlfriends, like babies? No, no, not like Christian Laboutins. Right. No, they their children need shoes. Mm-hmm. They don't have shoes apparently. Do babies really need shoes though? Aren't they, they don't. In cribs That's the most thing. Of the time? Babies don't even know how to walk. I'm starting to think the, these rap guys just like doing crimes. Now, if you said baby needs woolly socks, certainly because it's cold out. Sure. You don't want your baby to get cold. Toesies. Baby needs a num num. Yeah. Certainly, baby needs a num num. Babies love their numbers. Yeah. Anyway, but that's. I mean, I guess in the context of rap music, it's a little tough to say num num. I but still, you know, I'll talk. I'll talk in a second about uh, my interview with uh, hip hop legend Prodigy the other day. Um, it was truly... He wouldn't take his num-num out of his mouth. Yeah, that was the problem. Hard to understand. Well, he's gone, in, he's gone into electronica. Oh, right, sure. And now he smells of Hall's mentholiptus. <laughs> um, joining us on this week's uh, Jordan Jesse Go, you know him as uh, one of the members of Derek Comedy. Um, uh, you know him from his own uh, award-winning stage show. <laughs> I don't know. I presume you haven't won any awards. <laughs> Dominic Durkis. Dominic, What's welcome up, to the guys? program. Uh, I've won awards before for stuff. For what, instance. What awards have you won, Dominic? I won uh, along with this. Uh, I've won with two different sketch groups. The uh, Emerging Comic of New York Award. The ECNYs. That's sure. right. And that's it. <laughs> so you won with one group and you then you won again with a second group. Is it fair to say that that first group didn't emerge like they had they had hoped. I think what's fair to say is that I carry sketch groups <laughs> just on and my back. And when you leave, their ability to emerge just goes right out yeah, the window. Yeah, they're no longer... Well, and that, the, thing, the cool thing about me is I never get there. I'm always emerging. Right. I never, I'm never arriving. There's no arriving So it's kind comedy. of like a comedy whack-a-mole. <laughs> you, you emerge very slightly. That's right. Then you recede. Right. And I rec- as the hammer falls. Right. And then eight tickets. <laughs> right, right. With, with which you buy a pencil topper. I tell you what, I would spend a million dollars in those things if I could. Like just playing Boy. carnival ga- carnival games take my money. That's your. That's like your weakness. It's one of them. 
Is it is it the promise of a giant stuffed animal, or is it just the challenge of the ring toss? It, it, the... Uh, I, you know, I don't entirely know what it is. I, I suspect a lot of it has to do with pride. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like, uh-huh. like my pride feels attacked that someone thinks I can't do this right. carnival game. That you can't win giant you Mexican right. Bart Simpson. <laughs> That's right. You don't that say I, that to a Dirkus. No, no, no. I'm taking that <laughs> blinged out Taz. <laughs> I'm going to win it. <laughs> that framed picture of Guns N' Roses. <laughs> That's right. Man, I was uh, thinking about a framed picture of Guns N' Roses. I was uh, going to bring up when I was yeah, in that's summer the ul- camp. That's the ultimate carnival gift. I went to I went to the summer camp I went to uh St. Dorothy's <laughs> Rest in Northern California had different sessions and I went to the uh I, I went to the uh whatever you call that county fair session where you go at the end of the week of summer yeah. camp, you go to the county fair. And I remember someone who really wanted to win a Guns N' Roses poster that was in a frame. But I, I feel like those weren't even like, po- you know, you think about the poster a kid has on his wall. This was significantly smaller. This was like an 8 by 10 Yeah, yeah I wonder about framed. those. I wonder about like when you walk, like something like that where they have like an 8 by 10 like Orlando Magic, right. <laughs> g- you know, guy dunking a basketball. And you're just like... Who prints these? Where does this come? What is the Anthony Hardaway prints them? Anthony, oh, I mean, he's near and dear to my heart. I'm yeah. from Memphis. Anthony's Penny Hardaway runs the Penny whole Hardaway. the whole Orlando Magic concession. Can I can I go back to the to the conceit of the of the blinged out Taz? <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. I, uh, this, I, uh, Dominic, I don't know where you grew up. You mentioned the Memphis, South. Tennessee. That's where I'm from. Was and Jesse, you can weigh in on this too, having grown up in the Bay Area. I definitely remember a time. This is maybe seventh grade for me, eighth grade where the uh, in vogue thing to wear was a giant t-shirt with a picture of kind of a hip-hop Looney Tune on it. Yeah. A Taz, a Bugs Bunny, uh, etc. Like Tweety Bird with his hat cocked to the side, a lot his of pants Tweety sagging around his ankles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to... A, did you guys have that where you were growing up? And B, do you think those were Warner Brothers approved? Iceberg. <laughs> Iceberg jeans had the license to create Looney Tunes apparel, mm-hmm. as I recall. Okay. And I look... I don't know that. I'm not I'm not the number one expert at remembering the difference between Iceberg and say Carl Connie. No. Certainly do I do I know uh, for whom and by whom Fubu is? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Us. Yeah. Where does Jenko enter into Ooh. all of this? <laughs> Them and Airwalks are off in the yes. sad corner of <laughs> of skater apparel. Yeah, those, those... Airwalks were the biggest Deal. I think Absolutely. you'll find. I think you're more likely to find those in Orange County than you were in my neighborhood. <laughs> the yes, Dominic. Did you see these? Was this a thing when you were growing up? The sagging Looney Tune character. Sagging. What I would. I didn't see it so much on big T-shirts. Like in in my. It was a bunch of like preppy white kids. Right? But sure. I saw that image a lot. Like people had that bumper sticker. Oh, yeah, people yeah. had that like Marvin the Martian. Like like tell you know saying something like Welcome to Earth, bitch, or something. <laughs> you know, like that's it. God, you know in a drawer somewhere in Warner <laughs> Brothers, there is a pilot for urban Looney Tunes. I feel like they've, they've revamped the Looney Tunes so many different ways. Like, you, someone wrote it. What they had on their – they had that script and they had a countdown on their wall until that script was too racist to produce. <laughs> and they kept trying to push it down and then it hit zero one day and they just sat it – they set it in a, in a sad drawer. Right, sure. They, <laughs> With um, black Superman. <laughs> they, eventually had, they eventually had to decide, do we want to go urban with Looney Tunes? Yeah. Or do we want to associate it with Michael Jordan? That's right. Those were their two choices. Yeah, no, I guess maybe like <laughs> Space Jam maybe put an end to – 
But I here's the thing. I was a I was you know I was an American studies major in college. I I had I not gone on to a career. So therefore, as a, you've watched Space Jam several times in an <laughs> academic yeah, yeah. context. What is this about to qualify? That's yeah. not about the fact that I watched Space Jam. That's about the, I've watched Space Jam because I believe I can fly. Oh, right, sure. Um, yeah. I uh, and you like sad period Bill Murray. I feel like I'm reasonably familiar with the pop popular culture studies literature and just sort of the general things that have been explored. And I feel like there is this rich, deep, deep, powerful vein of theory that could be developed around Black Bart Simpson. <laughs> I think there is no sure. thing in popular culture that I am aware of that is a more untapped reserve of powerful culture studies theories than Black Bart Simpson. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. Black Bart Simpson <laughs> as griot, Black Bart Simpson as organic intellectual, uh-huh. as formulated by Antonio Gramsci. <laughs> you know, I... I've n- I haven't seen that many Black Bart Simpsons. I've more it's been heard a about it. While since yeah. Black Bart Simpson. Well, you're you, you you're what you're look you're 26 or 27. 20, I just turned 27 in March. Yeah, so I'm I just turned 30. So the Black Bart Simpson, I think we can agree, <laughs> is and Jordan, you're you're a Simpsons fanatic, so I think sure. you may have been oh, plugged okay. into this. Black Bart Simpson is a phenomenon of the the early days of the Simpsons when the program was Built around Bart Simpson. Right. And and this is kind of when the Bart Simpson t-shirt was just kind of everywhere. The Bart man saying evildoers beware. Yeah. Cowabunga dude. Cowabunga Eat dude. Yeah. And maybe you would see Homer pop up on something strangling Bart. That's yeah. like, But that's the only other time you would see another Simpsons character. Maybe, I've maybe even thought of, the, maybe they, they made a ploy for Lisa that's right. saying something... You know, intellectual, but but yeah, this was mainly when like when Bart Simpson was the center. You have Black Bart Simpson. You have a specific offshoots of Black Bart Simpson. Rasta Bart. I was instance. about to bring up Rasta, I've seen Bart. Rasta Bart. Yeah, and these were these were knockoff things sold largely at swap meets, <laughs> like mainly swap meets. And God, yeah, what I would not give for a nice, just thin vintage Rasta Bart T-shirt that would. I don't I, know. That'd be fantastic. The Simpsons stand-up arcade game. Oh, I, well. I, I'm hunkering down because we're about <laughs> to have a convo. I don't Maybe. I Well, because I, uh, on some vacation, my mom watched me spend $40. Yeah. Just, <laughs> like, and she, because she talks about, like, it's this big less of it. She was, I'd come upstairs and get another $20 in my wallet. And I'd, I spent, like, $40 in a world where I had 50 Right. And the, most, <laughs> sure, sure. and the most I'd ever had was 80 or something. You, know, <laughs> you gotta, I mean, I was you like, gotta defeat the Mr. Burns robot yeah. at the end. Which is the same carnival thing. Where to, I'm, I'm feeling like a degenerate. I came yeah, here yeah, from playing you... like a poker game. I feel like I'm a degenerate gambler right now. Right. <laughs> but uh, like, so I sank like 30 bucks into that thing before I beat it. I did beat it. Yeah. But no, it I have also beat the Simpsons stand-up arcade game. I forget. How do you when, even but... beat a stand-up arcade game? Doesn't it take like 12 hours to beat a video game? It was, a, it was like an afternoon, I think. I mean, it was a long time I played. Yeah, well, the thing with with those and kind of that similar game is there's only five levels five ish levels I know I'm gonna get some emails saying specifically how many levels there I are. believe there's more than five and do you count the bonus levels where they're blowing up balloons no I don't 
Um, well, don't condescend. Kind of write, write Jordan an email no, if you disagree please. with them oh, and God, let them know I how many levels. Read that. <laughs> um, but they just it just gets pornographically hard toward the end. So the time spent is less about the amount of levels and just like you will just start to die. When you yeah. say every minute pornographically hard, you mean as hard as the penis in a pornographic film? Yes, I'm saying it's so hard that if you had a fetish uh, regarding. <laughs> Difficult video games, uh-huh. you'd start jerking it. <laughs> oh, I It's like gotcha. Battletoads hard. Oh, God, yeah. Battletoads Lightspeeder level hard. That's right. Jesus Christ. It's supposed to be like the hardest video game level. Yeah, like, I right? have heard that and Among them. Would, would agree. I don't think I ever made it past that. No. Can I ask you guys a question? You may. Um, uh, on a recent Is episode Is this about of... Battletoads? <laughs> it's not that far. Okay. Okay. On a recent... That's what I'm into talking about right now. <laughs> on a recent episode of Judge John Hodgman, mm-hmm. this was the case. It was two, we'll call them enthusiastic gamers, mm-hmm. <laughs> who were playing a game called Mega Man X. Sure. Absolutely. I, we, I think we touched briefly on this last episode. Okay. We didn't mention Mega Man X. Sorry, not to, but... So the question, the question of the episode was, is it cheating to check a strategy guide when you're playing Mega Man X? Have you cheated? Um, if you look at a strategy guide mentally, psych- I just got done doing Portal Two, sure. And like I had to check on one level for mm-hmm. like one thing Is that to the see one what that to do. Jonathan Colton sings a song for. He sing- yeah, he sang a song for Portal One. I don't know if he has music. Does he have There's- a song in Portal Two? I'm not sure, but there is a song in Portal Two, and I would imagine they got the same person. Yeah. But he, uh, but anyway, so I view it as cheating. I think it is I, not like it's just cheap. You're not. You have to go outside for help. So I view it as you're, cheating. You're more of a pussy. You're more of a You're pussy. You're not a tough guy like you. No, no, I looked. I looked at the thing, and I when I did it, uh-huh. I was like, I am cheating right now. There's, yeah. This is not... I should be able to do it. You would not... If this was a carnival, you would not win a giant inflatable mallet. That's right. It's the carnival equivalent of taking a ring and setting it on top of a, of a <laughs> wine bottle, a Coke bottle, and going, I guess I win. Yeah. The argument was that you still accomplish the physical task of beating the game. Well, here, here's, I guess, the questions that I would ask. I've not heard the episode, but here's what I would ask. Are you competing with someone? Was these two guys saying who can beat the game first? No, but one of them did actually beat it without the strategy guy. Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a personal preference thing, because let's face it, you shouldn't brag about beating a video game anyways. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if you're bragging about beating a video game, whether or not you did it with a strategy guide is irrelevant because it's kind of sad. Right. Um, <laughs> if you're competing, yes, I would say don't, uh, don't, um, don't use the strategy guide. Uh, and and uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hesitant to mention uh, our old foes, but I think something interesting I read in the Penny Arcade once... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I even know. know. Uh, was that uh, he was talking about? He realized at some point uh, uh, the two penny arcade guys. One of them played games to beat them, and one of them played games to see them. So I think a lot of people that makes do sense. just kind of like enjoying the world of the video game. And if something's hard and it's preventing them from seeing the rest of the game, it depart- it detracts from their enjoyment. So I think if you're one of those people who just wants to see the whole world of the game. Uh, yeah, I say go ahead and use a strategy guide. Mm, wow, that is a very thoughtful. I, I'm somebody yeah. who wants to beat the game. Yeah, that's my thing. When, <laughs> yeah. I, when I beat the video game that I beat, mm-hmm. which was one of the Grand Theft Autos, <laughs> sure. Um, I do think that I looked in the strategy guide a couple times because I just got bored of 
doing something shitty over and over. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I look. I'm not better. I'm not too good to, like... Like, there is a point where it's like, it's no longer fun for me. I'm either going to give up on this game... Right. ...or go online and get over this hump. <laughs> sure. Um, and, yeah, and I, but I think definitely, you know, when you are the, you know, prime video game playing age, when you're 13 or something like that and don't have... Mm-hmm. non-video game responsibilities. Yeah. yeah, it's a little more kind of usual to just sit there and toil over something. But yes, when you you know, are a fellow with a job and maybe a pet that needs tending to, yeah, you know, yeah, go ahead and cheat a little bit. It also depends on how many kids you have. Yeah, if you've got a bunch of kids and they all need stuff done right. for them. If, if you are neglecting your Check children. Check the strategy yeah, guide, man. Go do whatever you got to do. Go ahead and... Go to the go ahead and go to go ahead and go to Game Facts. When you say <laughs> when you say check the strategy guide, do you mean like a Doctor Spock's or? Sure, oh, that's yes. right. Why is my that's child a, crying? Yeah, yeah checking. <laughs> I've tried shaking it. Sure. I need a kid walk through. I've tried <laughs> smearing more of its poop on him. <laughs> he seems to enjoy it. <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be a nerdy thing that I did Please. recently. But I went on uh, someone uh, on Facebook. I got so similar where someone posted one chapter of. Do you ever play King's Quest Six? Uh, I I poked around with a King's Quest game, but not enough to know what they're about. There's... I played a little bit of Space Quest Three. Okay, <laughs> Return to Zork, anyone? Space Quest Three, Return to Zork, is that the uh, name of there, it? That's a similar kind of text-based <laughs> okay. adventure game. Anyways. I was an ace detective in Carmen San Diego. Does that count? <laughs> it does. It counts for everything. We're all we're all winners here, <laughs> aren't we? Though it's, I think it's very clear this last bit of conversation. Uh, but in King's Quest Six, they have on <laughs> has cleared that. If people were wondering whether or not we were winners oh were you guys wondering where the winners were <laughs> they're in this fucking room they're right here talking about their accomplishments what's that smell oh yeah victory That's yeah right victory king's quest six has in as like charlie sheen would say <laughs> we're great we're great wait and since we're talking about king's quest six and we're gonna <laughs> yeah, hear yeah, your yeah. story oh, yes right and since we're talking about what winners we we are I did used to get as a child a magazine from sierra online the there company that Ooh. made uh, the company that made King's Quest VI, and I would get uh, frequent updates as to the status of the King's Quest series mm. from said magazine. Well, well, King's Quest VI, I believe, is supposed to be very like one of the better ones uh, in terms, of, and that's when I play. I played it for like an entire summer when I was like a kid, and then they have on YouTube the entire walkthrough. They have someone who just screen. Ca- God bless this person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they screen captured. They, they they captured their screen and just played through the entire game, going from wow. like thing so to you thing. Can watch it, and so I'm like watching it, and it's like just setting off all these weird synapses in my brain where I'm like, that fucking guy with the peppermint. And you just like remember. It was very... Very would, emotional for me. I would Wait, probably... How much... How... I want to ask, okay, how long right. was the video and how much of it did you watch? It was like... Tw- there are... Uh, there were... 20 something parts I believe online oh, and I made it through like 17 <laughs> I mean, wow well might as well just fucking finish the 20 at that point no right? that's a dangerous see yeah, that's yeah. a that's a I have to fold that <laughs> now 17 though that's I'm guessing 17 10 minute videos oh I don't know how long they were 170 oh. minutes of King's oh, Quest maybe I fell asleep doing it <laughs> say. I don't know man it's hard to remember I, I understand though. I get that same I get that same feeling when I watch when I watch a walkthrough for front page sports football. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, when I see a when I see a Tecmo Bowl walkthrough, right. I just, just want to watch great season. Of Hail Tecmo Mary, Bowl. right? Hail Mary, right? <laughs> Bo Jackson, Marcus Allen. Bo Jackson, Ooh. Marcus Allen. <laughs> uh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> Jordan. 
Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Uh, Dominic Durkis, guest. It's great to have Dominic Durkis here. Absolutely. Yeah. Dominic, what's the name of your talk show again? Uh, the Anytime Show. The Anytime uh, Show. This is a delightful program. I went on this program with Dominic. Uh, it was at the Smod Castle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, upwards of three people in the audience. That's right. One of whom was my wife. Yes. One of whom was my wife's pal. Uh-huh. God, um, God bless him. The other was a drifter. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was a couple there. There was a couple there That's that right. looked like normal people, the Kevin Smith fans. There was a couple there that, yeah, wanted me to be Kevin Smith so badly. Yeah, they were so and I couldn't, disappointed. And I couldn't give them what they wanted. Yeah. The, I have nothing that will give you Kevin Smith. Well, because, I mean, how long can you talk about Kevin Smith for? Probably not that well, long. Well, Kevin he Smith can. is taking a, taking a ring, yeah. taking a run yeah. at the all-time record. Well, yeah, the no. thing is, there's only so many words in a given day that can be said about Kevin Smith, and he monopolizes all of them. Sure, right. He uses it up. So, so there's really very little left for you to say. Right. And I, I see the bind you're in in that situation. That's right. That's a- <laughs> Let's be clear, too. I have nothing against Kevin Smith. I think he's quite charming. Sure. No, I have nothing. To, I I am very into the idea of somebody having a very devoted fan base in a kind of niche way. Yeah. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. It, it was a ma- it was a magical place too. It's 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 the Smod Castle has now merged with the John Lovitz Comedy Club. That's right. Naturally, it's a natural <laughs> it's marriage, a, a perfect fit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember when I saw Clerks, I went, him and the guy from SNL should get together. Yeah. Yeah. Him and the pathological liar from SNL (laughs) should have a Hawaiian-themed comedy club at a super mall in Burbank. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which they they do now. The the thing is, is I don't know if this new club has... And now you're doing doing the Anytime Show at uh, at a new theater. That's right. But this this new Smod Castle Club... I wonder if it is as much of a perfect slash sad tribute to Kevin Smith as the previous Modcastle was, in that the previous Modcastle literally had New Jersey Devils carpeting. That's right. New Jersey Devils carpeting. Any picture you drew of him that mm-hmm. you mailed to him was yeah. on that wall. <laughs> yeah. So many pictures of him on the wall. And again, I kind of like Kevin Smith. I mean, yeah, I, I think no Kevin Smith's a funny guy and, and I don't mean to seem like I'm putting him down. It was just an amazing place because it was clearly just the stuff and backstage was no different. And it was, it was like stuff that like a geeky guy who had become rich would have left over from yeah. his house that maybe he was a little too embarrassed to put in his house, even though he's not, he's difficult to embarrass. Yeah. Just like por- fan portraits of him and, uh, as I recall, a lot of Halo 2 action figures. Halo 2 action figures. I mean, my thing, well, and I, like, I'm the same way. I have nothing against him, but I'm just like, if I had a comedy theater, I would be very weirded out by images of me everywhere. Yeah. And I guess that's balls or that's something that it's makes something. you go like, well, it's my theater. Every image I have, yeah. and every image, and it's going to just going to be the things I like. Yeah, and what I like is me. Well, he said on a it's a place Mark of Maron's Kevin's podcast, own. He said I'm the biggest Kevin Smith fan, <laughs> and he he fully behaves that way. Sure. So it's like I suppose he's in control of it. It seems harmless enough. Do you, Do you know where your new home base is going to be for your show? Uh, yeah, we've been doing it there for like a month and a half. It's at a place called the uh, Underground Annex Theater over on Not Wil- that you've on been Wilton paying near attention. Fountain. Oh, I'm sorry, Jordan. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's on the Twitter, you know, it's on the, I don't know, man, it's whatever. It's, it's a great show. Dominic <laughs> is a fantastic host. I was, I gotta say, uh, a lot of laughs were had in a four-person audience, which is no mean feat uh, at that show. Well, it's, it's, 
I I because I started off doing stand up on the road and stuff, and and sometimes, especially with these like Wednesday Thursday shows, when you were doing that, it would be like very small crowds of people. And I kept getting the advice, or uh, there was one comic who always gave me the advice of like, if you have four people show up, like they paid to see a show, and if you don't like, if you penalize them for the people who didn't show up, it's just like. Yeah, it's just like what, who wins? Sure. So I'm at least going to pretend like it's a show, even though <laughs> the audience knows it's not because there's four of them. I'm talking into a microphone. And everyone's like, "This is unnecessary." Right. <laughs> but you know, might as well have fun. It was a great. It was a great night out. I really recommend it. I don't. I'm, I imagine your audiences are continuing to grow because you're doing such a great job. Uh, I appreciate. It. Yeah, there's been there's it, there's kind of a core group that comes most weeks, and then it's you know depending you're on the about guests. Your mom, your sister. What's that? Your mom and your sister. My mom, my sister. Kevin Smith, of course. Kevin Smith, his mom. That guy his who's sister. in all the Kevin Smith movies that's friends with Kevin Smith. Sure. You mean the cast of Kevin Smith movies? <laughs> the yes. Cast. The cast. Um, yeah. Uh, now you guys, you you also made. Uh, this is something I noticed recently. You the movie you made with your comedy group, Mystery Team. That's right. Is now on the Netflix instant that's yes that's right that have happened you, a couple months ago have you guys have you seen just a huge you know deluge of oh my god i've seen your movie notices i've gotten a lot of i've gotten a lot more tweets about it like pretty okay. much as soon as it went up on watch instantly i've had you know a few people tweet at me every period of time i don't really know it hasn't been like an overwhelming amount but an amount of people are tweeting like oh watching this movie it's great and like ha- tagging any combination of me donald and dc yeah. And just hashtagging mystery team or something. So that's cool. So I figure if that percentage of people are tweeting at me about it, there must be a decent amount of people seeing it. I saw it at the uh, Red Box at my 7-Eleven. <laughs> I love that. I love that you got it out of yeah, a Red how Box. Much of that buck that yeah. it cost to rent the Red Box movie, how much do you see personally? <laughs> oh, me? I like 10 bucks. <laughs> Pretty good. Wow. <laughs> that's called, amazing those things are out of business. That's economics. That's Keynesian economics. Yeah. You put some money into the system and it generates more money. That's With right. every rental, uh, 7-Eleven just mails you a go-go taquito. Well, I should, <laughs> I should specify I have a lawsuit against 7-Eleven. <laughs> they, uh, you know, I burn myself on a hot dog there so they oh, pay me okay. ten dollars for every red box so that was the settlement we came to oh, well okay and it's not just he should be clear he gets ten dollars for every red box rental that's so right whether or not it's mystery whether team it's mystery team whether it's straight to dvd lost boys sequel <laughs> that's right a new steven seagal movie right yeah he and a rapper team up yeah Kevin <laughs> um, ja rule this yeah. is a this is a i mean we <laughs> We talked. We talked about this when DC was on, so I don't feel like we need to beat this dead horse. But the mystery team movie is really funny. It's sure. really worth your time. It. It's really a blast. I mean, it's like uh, it's like a, it's sort of like Wet Hot American Summer in that it's a real handmade film uh, that some people just got together and made, and it turned out great. So people should watch yes, that. And also, also MacGruber. People should also watch. Yeah, MacGruber. MacGruber's great. I <laughs> saw MacGruber for the first time like a few weeks ago. Uh, Will Forte's uh, writer, or sorry, he's a, a voice in this animated show that I'm a staff writer for. And so I was like, I should watch MacGruber. And I did. And I was like, this is so much better. MacGruber is hilarious. It's like four times as good as it had to be. It could have been. Right. No. And that's a great point. That MacGruber, like to have been considered an artistic success, MacGruber could have been way less funny than that. That's right. And then it was way more funny. MacGruber, as far as I'm concerned, MacGruber is the new Stuart Saves His Family. (laughs) Yeah. It is. I haven't seen much, that. Is mis- much better than it needed to be, and actually kind of good. Yeah, yeah. no, and I, I, it, 
<laughs> I'm not a big re-watcher of movies. Uh, I don't buy a lot of movies to have mm-hmm. around the house. Um, but I bought MacGruber just out of support for MacGruber, like uh-huh. wanting yeah. MacGruber to have some money. Uh, <laughs> you wanted MacGruber I himself. wanted MacGruber, the character, to have you some actually, money. You uh, actually, well, initially, you just put a $5 bill in an envelope and wrote MacGruber yeah. North Pole. I love you. <laughs> care, of, be... care of Broadway video. <laughs> right, sure. Care of Lord Michaels. <laughs> Um, and I do find myself really just like putting it on as kind of one of those, you know, cleaning the house, I'm doing other work kinds of movies, and it's been so valuable for that kind of thing. Anyways, MacGruber's great. I don't mean to get off of the topic of uh, underappreciated comic films, but there's something that I feel like has really been really important, has really been weighing on me for quite some time. Oh, man. Um, that I haven't had a chance to talk about on Jordan Jesse Go, that mm-hmm. I feel like I need to air, mm-hmm. I need to let it out. Um, as you guys probably know, uh, recently the rapper, uh, well, hip hop singer, sure, Nate Dogg, uh, uh, passed away. Now, number one, can you remind me what Nate Dogg was famous for? Uh, uh, uh the hook on every G Funk record ever. Do you know Regulators? Uh, no, no, gosh, that the early '90s hip hop, I just don't know anything about. Not even like Regulate. I mean, I on kind the of. Lower East Side of the LBC on a mission to find Mr. Warren G. Sounds familiar. Yeah, I know some things about bombastic. <laughs> is that Shaggy? Yes. No. Uh, yeah. No. But Ooh. that is. I just don't even. Yeah. What's Shaggy doing? Okay. Well, he he. Uh, do you remember Area Codes by Ludacris? Nope. I got hoes. Oh wait, I do remember that. Yeah. Okay. What about it? Hey, 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 hey! Smoke weed every day. <laughs> I That's do. Him. I do. You remember, must have heard someone say that. I do. Yes. I mean, I have had smoke weed every day said and yelled at me. You're a person in this world. I went to UC Santa Cruz okay. for, for college. And um, that was yelled at me from moving cars. I think the point is that almost every hip hop hit record from like 1992 to 2002 uh, had had Nate Dogg on the hook. Mm-hmm. A great singer. And also, uh, for those out there who are music fans, made a great uh, solo album. He made one not that great solo album, but I really like his second solo album. It's got some great tunes on it. It's called Music and Me. I really recommend it. You can probably get it for 99 cents from your Amazon.com. But he passed away recently. It was a very sad occasion for people in hip-hop, not least his good friend Snoop Doggy Dogg. Hmm. Um, they had like grown up together in Long Beach. Uh, he was Nate Dog was somebody's cousin, and I didn't know they were they were like childhood friends. Yeah, I think they they were childhood friends. I mean, was the fact that their names had dog? It, was that were that a coincidence? I was holding was that, back on asking that yes. question, but I'd like to know that too. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> well, I mean, Snoop Doggy Dog was called that definitely because his mom called him Snoopy. Mm-hmm. Like Snoopy was his like childhood nickname. Um, I don't know about Nate though. I mean, there were a lot of dogs at the time. Yeah. Short dog, too short. It's the Smith of rapper names. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and I think it was a very sweet tribute that Snoop Doggy Dog got a huge tattoo of Nate Dogg uh, immediately after Nate Dogg died. And it was really lovely. Um, it's, a, it's a picture of Nate Dogg, a big picture of Nate Dogg, and it's a nice picture of Nate Dogg. I mean, to the extent that a picture in tattoo form can be nice. Um, And I thought that was really sweet, but there was something about it that was unusual to me. Underneath it said, Nate Dogg, you know, 1964 to 2011 or whenever, however old he was. Um, And then underneath that, in, in 
old English script. You know, the sure standard. Someone died tattoo font. Yeah, it said, "All dogs go to heaven." Mm. Is it possible mm. that yes. these were two separate tattoos? <laughs> yes. One was about Nate Dog, and one was just about his favorite Don Bluth film. <laughs> <laughs> is it possible that maybe Snoop Dogg is going to get a series of Don Bluth tattoos? I'm, I'm very impressed that you could put a name to All Dogs Go to Heaven, the movie. <laughs> yes. I, I just know it as anim- animated Disney the movie? The kind of a non... It's a, yeah, he's the, I, I don't know too much about him, but <laughs> he's a French guy who made the kind of knockoff Disney movies. Well, oh, okay. Jordan, I mean, it's not impossible. I mean, Snoop Dogg does have that Fievel Goes West tattoo. Yeah. Is there a Land Before Time tattoo on him somewhere we haven't seen? He does have a Cool World tattoo. Mm, I don't know if that's the same. <laughs> Do you think Snoop Dogg, before he got the, the All Dogs Go to Heaven under the thing, he said, it's, it's not tacky enough yet. Yeah, what like, this I seems do? like just a touching tribute. It like, needs to be tacky. It's mm-hmm. a slightly weird thing to say, <laughs> but to immortalize yeah. on your flesh. Right. To yeah. permanently, and I should clarify that the, all dogs, the dog is spelled with two G's. If it's, it hadn't, if it wasn't, I would be with Jordan. I would be like, then it was about the movie yeah. at first. And it's also presumptuous, I think. <laughs> Because, A, Nate Dogg, if I recall correctly, was a convicted second-degree murderer. <laughs> and he hated women. He, he was like, he <laughs> like, you know, there's not a lot a going on of for women. him. No. Not a fan of women. And I'm, I don't, don't <laughs> quote me on, second, on the degree of the murder, but I know that at some point he there shot someone. There was a murder someone. rap. Yeah, there was a murder rap. And also, I kind of feel like... It's one of those things where it's as though Prince Charles, after Princess Diana died, said, people will always remember the couple, Princess Diana and me. <laughs> because Snoop Doggy Dog himself is a dog. Yeah. Right. Oh, so yeah. So maybe the tattoo was like, it's also saying, I'm, going... I'm also going to heaven and it's going to be awesome. He's like trying to ride. He's trying to use that. He, By the way, let's not forget. Also an accused... He's an acquitted pos- murderer. Yeah, right? an accused murderer. Um, uh, he's trying to like just slide in on the goodwill generated by the death of his friend, I think. <laughs> With the tattoo? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I think I he got th- something. I think he thinks that a tattoo is a binding contract with God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does he have a tattoo of, of uh, pimped out Taz at all? <laughs> <laughs> he does have Black Bart Simpson. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's just a regular Bart Simpson, but on his skin, it's Black Bart Simpson. <laughs> and oddly enough, he does have a tattoo of a framed picture of Guns N' Roses, <laughs> which is, it's not just an Axl Rose tattoo, it is a frame. Framed picture. It's exactly 8x10. I think his most beautiful tattoo, though, is his tattoo of an extensive discussion of underappreciated comedy films of the last two years or so right yeah three kind of clever white dudes (laughs) sitting around a card table three moderately (laughs) clever white dudes Mm -hmm. we'll be back in just a second on jordan jesse go jordan jesse go i'm jesse thorne america's radio sweetheart jordan morris boy detective dominic Durkis, guest other people have used guest i want you to know that i figured 
But I don't. But other, you don't want to embarrass yourself. Anything it's else fine. would be brag or feel weird? Like, oh, this is the part where I give my credits or how people would know me. No, no, just, just you know, make up a funny nickname for yourself. Oh, just think about it. Crackles. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's that's we'll, we'll take it. Run Crackles. Mm, Crackles. Um, hey, let's let's talk about uh, sponsors for this week's program. Please. We got a couple of them. Uh, number one, our friends at Fuzzy Ball Apparel. Yes. Look, if you're looking for a fun character piece. Hmm. Uh, not for a monologue, for a for an audition, sure. for a T-shirt or a, a little guy that lives inside an egg. Yeah, if you're looking for a for a fun ceramic figure, hand painted, hand crafted, a, a funny T-shirt with some funny uh, characters and nerd slogans, Fuzzy Balls Apparel. Their slogan: cute and creepy T-shirts and things. Cute and creepy T-shirts and things. FuzzyBallsApparel.com, and there is a special podcast quality gift. I don't know what podcast quality means. Podcast quality gift. Lower bit rate, possibly. Mm. Mono instead of stereo. Low quality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, all you have to do is, is when you place your order, put JJ Go in the notes for your order there at fuzzyballsapparel.com. Um, also, uh, the folks from the uh, podcast of the online magazine Jacket 2 from the University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> It's called Jacket 2. I don't understand. What's that a reference to? Well, it's just what you were Jacket to. Oh, okay. Oh, they want you to Jacket No, they don't. Because it's the universe. Podcast? It's actually a series of readings and interviews with poets from across the United States and Canada. Mail Jacket to that. <laughs> okay, yeah. fair Is Billy enough. Collins involved? <laughs> jacket to Keats. <laughs> Um, the host of this show, whose name is Steve McLaughlin, uh, traveled by Greyhound bus for six weeks, uh, collecting a thorough cross-section of contemporary poetry culture, um, from this most experimental poetry you can imagine to, uh, sea shanties. Wow, great. It sounds fantastic, right? A nice, a nice, uh, show. That's called Into the Field. Um, their other show is called Poem Talk, which is a talk show about poetry, um, nice to hear some nice poetry podcasts. Absolutely. Wow. Right? Uh, if you're a poetry fan or would like to become <clears throat> one, uh, it's at jacket2, J-A-C-K-E-T, number two, dot com, slash podcasts. Jacket2, dot com, slash podcasts. And uh, finally, uh, this guy, uh, Colin, and his uh, lovely graphic novel called Amy in the Spring of 1990. Uh, Jordan is holding it for the whole podcast audience to hear. Uh, it's very handsome. It uh, looks to be kind of a serious uh, comic uh, about growing up and emotions. Yeah, it's a lovely, um, it's a lovely love story uh, set in the world of a uh, middle school student, a middle school version of uh, Colin, I think. Um, and it's really sweet. Uh, I read it. It's really sweet and charming and um, uh, very good looking, very handsome and attractive. Absolutely. And it looks nice on your shelf. Yeah. And it also features at the very end, or at least our copy does, an actual wallet sized photo of the author from when he was in middle school. Wearing a oh, sweet man. Quicksilver t-shirt. Yeah, it is. a. That's the good stuff. Um, and it's also set in the Bay Area, which I like. Sure. I support that. I'm guessing the bowling alley they visit in there. I'm going to guess Sarah Bowl. Is that the bowling alley? Yeah, it could be Hate Street Bowl. Okay. The Rockin' Bowl. It's a good guess. Hard to say, but um, I'm going to say Sarah Bowl because you got more league games there and yeah, yeah. so on. This yeah. is a good good venue for is that. Is Sarah Bowl like a play, S-E-R- play on Cerebral? Uh, S-E-R-R-A, like a Junipero oh, Sarah. okay. Mm. 
Sarah. Yeah. It's not cerebral. Like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like cerebral <laughs> palsy. That's right. They're not trying to invoke that, are they? No, yeah. Okay, they're just good. trying to color. They're just trying to remind you how shitty you look when you're bowling. Yeah. That's right. How, <laughs> no, that's over at Palsy Bowl. Ungraceful. <laughs> <laughs> Ungraceful. <laughs> Which all, our sign only works if you say it a specific way. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, if you want to check out this, if you want to check out this little uh, adorable graphic novel, uh, it's amyinthespring.com. Uh, amyinthespring.com. I know there's a lot of folks out there who like to support an independent writer, sure. uh, artist team. Amyinthespring.com is the place to do it. If you want to sponsor a future Jordan Jesse Go program for. $100 for your personal message, $200 for your commercial message, just like the Jumbotron at the ballpark. Email Teresa at MaximumFun.org, T-H-E-R-E-S-A at MaximumFun.org, our development director and my beautiful wife, and she will help you uh, set it up. It's just that easy, Jordan. <laughs> wow. It sounds pretty easy. Dominic, I, I think, look, I know what? that... I don't mean to be rude, but I know that Mystery Team was not a smash hit in the theaters. Okay. No, that's fine. That's um, not rude. And it <laughs> seems like in retrospect, maybe you should have dropped the $200 to get yeah. a commercial message on Jordan <clears throat> Jesse Go. Oh, that's where this was headed? Yeah. I mean, uh, we, at the time, we had the 200 in our hand. Sure. And we were like, are we going to walk it down there? You know, are we going to walk it down to the... To the tower office that you have? Mm-hmm. Like, you've got this giant office in downtown Los Angeles. It's very intimidating. Yeah. You ended up giving it to Bobby Moynihan from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Gave it to Bobby Moynihan for gas money to get to New Hampshire. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying um, you could have had a fast five on yeah. your hands. Can- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Could have had a fast five. Um, let's talk about fast five. That's how second. much money we would have made you five dollars. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to thank five. I want to thank Zena who sent me a, an adorable onesie with a bow tie printed on it <laughs> for my upcoming child. Wow. Uh, it's very nice. Thank you very much, Zena. We're all looking forward to the upcoming child. Yes, we are. That's the fun yeah. way to say it. Oh, okay. Well, you, you you said it sarcastic. I was like, what's his angle? No, it's just kind of a fun it's way to Jordan say it. Not, oh, we're all looking forward to the upcoming child. I've been buying advertisements in movie pre-roll mm. uh, trivia contest type things. During Is the that 20. bad? Yeah. I, I heard that's a good place to... Uh, yeah, get the word out. To get yeah. the word out about upcoming releases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And upcoming babies, similarly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. <laughs> you gotta get the word out. Yeah. That's what's the important. The hot new baby that's got Hollywood yeah. talking. When, when I, whenever I have a baby, I'm going to want everyone to know that baby's coming you up gotta create, next. You got to create buzz. You got to take the baby to Comic-Con. You got to have a pre-screening of the baby at Comic-Con. What are bloggers <laughs> saying about the baby? Right. What's the internet? You know, what are the kids saying? What hashtag about the Twitterverse? baby. Oh, let's do a hashtag update. Okay. Here's the thing. Last week on this program, <laughs> we complained about the fact that our friends at My Brother, My Brother, and Me... Uh, our, fr- our frenemies, if you will, uh, have been so much more successful on Twitter than we have. Um, they have a hashtag, MBMBAM, for my brother, my brother, and me. And in a given week, there will be literally hundreds of tweeters about the hashtag MBMBAM. Now, we decided that given our, number one, our larger audience. Our shorter title. Number two, our good looks mm-hmm. and charisma. Yeah. Uh, number three, these golden pipes. Mm-hmm. We could motivate our audience to dominate their audience. I like this. In what we ended up calling a friendship war. Mm-hmm. Um, Hashtag-based friendship war. Now, what happened is this. The war went on, and 
in some ways, it was a great success. We introduced the hashtag pound Jesse Jesse Go, JJ Go, pound JJ Go. And it was, uh, you know, we were, we were really happy to see lots of tweeters about it. However, I don't know how to count tweeters against each other. <laughs> and I realized that that was a, sure, a, that'll be an the... essential sort of central flaw mm-hmm. in my plan, in my tweeter plan. I uh, have an idea. Yeah. Please. Maybe they could hashtag JJ Go and then like one, two, three, like in the order in which they're hashtagging oh. it. So that way, the last person to hashtag it, the number that's at the end is the total number. I don't think people want to do research. <laughs> so. So they're asking people to do research, but we got oh, some. Come on, we got some great. We got some great tweets. I mean, I just searched right now as we're recording this. Uh, Lucas, for example, has tweeted who is at I make nice stuff. Uh, he tweeted sometimes you have more gooseberry jam than you know what to do with. He hashtagged that, JJ Go. Again, does not have to be about the show. Well, we look, just want to win. We love it if you do want to tag something right. that is about the show. I mean, here's somebody who, uh, the next one down is this guy whose name is Sheep Lover. Um, oh, come on. Come on. Have some class. And, and he, sheep fucker. Yeah, sheep fucker is the classy way to be. He said, just spotted a Jordan Jesse Go tote back at the Donald Glover show in New York City. Uh, your dare comedy call. Yeah, uh, it's nice. That's great. Um, there are lots and lots of. Look, how about this? <laughs> uh, here's something from Transgender World News. Uh, I wonder wow. how Cher feels that Chaz Bono is transgender and Cher is still the biggest freak in the family. That's hashtag to you guys. It's hashtag JJ Go. We'll take it. You know yeah, what? That's sure. A, that's explicitly what you asked for, Jordan. Isn't it confusing? A lot of it's confusing. I <laughs> uh, don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. Uh, here's someone named Katie who was uh, possibly upset that some policemen were laughing at her because she was laughing at Mary Roach on last week's Pound JJ oh, Go. Nice. Oh. Uh, there's also a German woman named Janine who is at JJ Go. Mm. We don't recommend that you tweet at JJ Go because she will be confused. We do not know if she speaks English. <laughs> Hard to say. Well, now my question, the, what was the previous one, the, the, the previous tweet? Uh, the one about Chaz Bono? Yeah, what is that? No, the one about the police officer. The one about the police officer. She just she... saw. This is Katie Taylor 09. Okay. She, she wrote, just saw two cops laughing at me as I cracked up to Mary Roach on Pound JJ Go. Oh, okay, okay. I thought she was worried the cops knew she was listening to you guys and stuff. I didn't know what was... <laughs> oh, like she was afraid of uh, yeah, repercussions. Cops, cops can't know I'm listening to yeah. Jordan Jesse it's Go. It's a secret podcast. We talk yeah. about some pretty serious shit on this well, show. It's... Have you heard of a movie called Loose Change? Right. Oh yeah, nine eleven. It's all on watch instantly, just like Mystery Team. They're both movies. <laughs> you have a choice. You when have you're a choice. Watching instantly. You go on Mystery. You go on Netflix. You're either a loose change guy or a Mystery Team guy. You cannot be both. <laughs> can't be both. No, no. You can't watch Mystery Team then watch the nine eleven. No, movie. I watched Loose Change and it suggested Mystery Team. That's how I watched. That's it. it's right. Like you liked right. Loose Change. Yeah. You might also like. That's right. We wanted to be. We made sure our keywords were similar. Mm-hmm. And also, we met those guys. You know, saw those guys around at festivals. Nice guy. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> They're great. Good guys. A lot of good good ideas. I mean, people will... But a lot of good ideas. Like, I don't know if I agree with everything they say. Yeah. But it's food for thought. Makes you you think. And it's like some of the evidence, yeah, whatever. It's like not real or something like that. But like what the points they're bringing up are still good. Sure. It's still important points. Fluoride in the water supply. Sure. Yeah. Chemtrails, people. What are they? I don't know. Declassified documents about landing a plane in Cuba, unloading the passengers, pretending it crashed. You know, yeah, Lyndon LaRouche. That's right. <laughs> and finally, 
Lyndon LaRouche. Anyway, uh, so I don't know. If somebody out there knows how to count, someone suggested on the Max Fun Forum that the, the prize for this in, in the Friendship War should be that each of that the winner should have to uh, should have to s- play a segment from the other show and then talk about what they learned from listening to mm. it, which I think is a pretty solid idea. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, that's um, that's, that. that's appropriately you know humiliating for either party, mm-hmm. yeah, but also to, friendly, but also friendly and fun. Yeah, it's a lot of respect. Uh, but we need to figure out a way to count these. So while we're at it, please continue to <laughs> hashtag JJ Go. We love it if it's about the show. It doesn't have to be. Um, you know, we're just doing what we can. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, Jordan, we're just doing what we can. Right. Somebody said nobody Twitters because they don't know what our Twitters are. Jordan <gasps> is uh, Jordan underscore Morris. Yeah. I'm young American. I feel like people can, I feel like we can win this thing whether or not there's an official count. Yeah, I feel I think like we can win it by saying we won it. No matter what the count is, I feel like we can Mugabe our way to victory. <laughs> That's going to be our slogan, Mugabe Mugabeing our way to victory. So we can strong arm our way to victory? Yeah, well we can have an election, lose it, yeah. call a second election, lose it. And then declare elections invalid. Is that what he did? Yeah, I think that's pretty sure that's a oh, fair description. Oh, wow. Yeah, the third time, you know you can't do another election because you're at best two out of three. You'd have to win three more. <laughs> yeah, right. So you're exactly. like, you're like you know what? No yeah. more elections. They're elections are garbage. Over. Yeah, we're, we're, switching, <laughs> we're switching to who's been president longest. Yeah, you have to the win the president. We're going with the... who has the keys to the guns. <laughs> who has the key to the gun closet? I'm the guy with the keys to the guns. <laughs> We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Dominic Durkis, crackle. It's great to have you on the program, Dominic. Thank you. Um, uh, last week on the show, you weren't here. I'll no. fill you in. We were talking about amazing revelations from our parents. Um, my whole life has been a long series of revelations of crazy things that my parents have done in their lives. Um, and I feel very inadequate because I have basically lived my entire life avoiding crazy things. Uh, and so I've essentially have no nothing to spring on my kids when they're 11 or 13 or... yeah. 15 or whatever i don't i don't know what your family is like dominic i wouldn't presume um well my family my parents are very kind of conservative normal they're very like not extreme people like my like they don't they never really drank much so there's no there was no level of uh like your dad was never like hey you know i was married to a stripper for five days and got it annulled yeah don't tell your mother i told you this but we actually met this way like there's none of that it was all very up and up. I mean, I've been in some weird stage shows at the New York UCB Theater that if my kids, if I ever had to explain to my kids why I was there doing what I was doing, oh, I'd be, sure. like, be like, well, this is very difficult. These are maybe some <laughs> after midnight Del Close marathon right. kinds of That's things. Right. Yeah. I saw I saw a show at the UCB Theater in New York that culminated <laughs> with an amyl nitrate poppers contest. Oh, sure. Was that the marathon? Uh, this was at the uh, Sketchfest NYC. Okay. Yeah, the Delco's more than late at night. Sometimes people are doing whippets on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You catch that. Whippet contest. Sure. It's a good time. So um, many whippets. Isn't there a improv show where everyone is Andrew Dice Clay? 
that's a show I was in called The Dice Man, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> where everyone was a version of Andrew Dice Clay. Like, John Gemberling was Andrew Rice Clay, and he threw rice at the audience the whole time. Great. And what's fun about that show is the introduction of 30 Andrew Dice Clay puns. I was Andrew Dice Clay Aiken. Everyone was something. <laughs> everyone was something. Uh, and uh, uh, Brett Gelman was Andrew Dice Hitler. There was a whole parade of them. And then uh, once we're I all hear out it. there... I hear the pun yeah. there. And it's a half-hour show, and so then there's 15 minutes of all of us being introduced. The audience is laughing because we're all dressed in varying degrees of shoddy Andrew Dice Clay. But then everyone's introduced, and then for 15 minutes, that mass of 40 people has to improvise. And that is not fun. <laughs> That's unpleasant nothing, to watch. There is nothing funny about it, nothing that any of those characters have to say to each other, <laughs> nothing to improvise mm-hmm. about. So, so then it was 15 minutes of like us wandering around stage, me basically just standing there, and then and then it being done. And now all of those bit shows late at night are 15 minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> because of Probably the dice men. Yeah. Because of the things like the dice men. Okay, so we asked our audience to contribute theirs. I mean, oh yeah, they're Andrew Dice Clay puns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you really saw me coming, huh? Yeah. Um, and, uh, we got some doozies. Uh, Brian Fernandez was screening our calls this week and, and he sent us some that I, I think we'll enjoy. Hi, Jordan and Jesse. This is a response to the uh, action item this week, uh, shocking parent revelations. And I'll try to keep it concise because it was, it was a revelation full of many wonderful details. But when my dad found out that I smoked pot, when I was 16, he sat me down and told me this incredible story about a trip to Mexico that he took. He met a man, a one-legged man, on a train. This man <laughs> offered him a beer and told him a story of being raised as a woman, as a girl, by his mother and taught to dance and entered in dance competitions all over the world. I'm sorry, all over Mexico which he won and was a champion dancer until an elevator cut off his leg and he became <laughs> just a strange, obese man. Um, after the train ride, he took my father and a cast of other characters back to his mother's house. His mother was a fortune teller and they sat in her parlor, her fortune telling parlor, and my dad smoked his first joint. And they gave him two more joints to smoke on his way home. And my dad, who's a very proper Southern, soft-spoken gentleman, Southern gentleman, told me, I smoked that joint and I went down to the market and I could always, uh, only just stare at these melons for 20 or 30 minutes staring at these melons. <laughs> and that was the end of his story about the first time he smoked a joint. Thanks. See, that's Bye. the kind of sit-down talk you want your parents to have with sure. you. Sure. The joint is the least important part of that story. Yeah, right. Of course, far. Of course you got a joint from these people. It's like the eighth most, un- it's like the eighth most unusual thing in that story. Right. It's if, like, oh, and they handed me a joint. It's like, I would have been first, surprised if they hadn't. If it was, if our caller had <laughs> said, well, the first time my dad caught me sleeping with a one-legged genderqueer oh, dancer. Man. First time my dad caught me staring at melons for a half hour. <laughs> he told me this story. It's a, it's truly magical. Okay, here, here's here's another wow. one. Hi, Jesse and Jordan. This is Zena calling from Seattle. I have a surprising parent revelation for you. Um, my parents got divorced when I was a baby, and I've known for a long time that their divorce was a result of my mom's embrace of 70s-style free love. 
Um, but it wasn't until last year at a dinner at my grandparents' house that my dad told us all my mother had slept with a famous blues musician, Taj Mahal. <laughs> So then I finally understood the significance of the Taj Mahal backstage pass in my baby photo album. (laughs) All right. You guys are great. Um, I look forward to the next podcast. Bye. Oh, Jeebus. Yowza. What I like about these stories is in neither one do I have any idea where it's headed. Yeah. When it gets there, again, that's why the Taj Mahal ticket is in my baby book. I don't know who Taj Mahal is. Is that, I mean, obviously the famous blues blues musician, but blues legend. I mean, he was was one of the biggest stars of the blues revival Mm. in the late 1960s and 1970s. But he was already. He was already a middle-aged man by then. He, it was him and him and B. King were the big kings of wow. the blues revival in the seventies. The just, sort of Bill Graham driven. He just didn't open a restaurant. Gotcha. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> that's the only reason named after him. BB King knew what would he make did him open immortal. a very very gaudy building in India, though. That's right. The ta- very yeah, tacky Taj yeah. Mahal. We build this as a tribute to blues singer Taj Mahal. <laughs> if that's not a restaurant, then what is it, though? What, Taj Mahal? Yeah, the Taj Mahal. What it's is, a it's rotating a, restaurant. It's a rotating restaurant. Oh, and, and all okay. their food has waffles. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's all waffles. That, that sounds pretty thing. good. It sounds really fun. People line up for it. I mean, yeah. you, see, you can see the line outside. Yeah. People are lined up for those fucking and waffles. They're great. Just the image of it's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. JJ Go, this is uh, Utah from Ohio calling with the action item about crazy parental revelation. And uh, I don't know, I'll give you three. You can pick one. Um, Thanks. My father shot a man in the foot. <laughs> um, he was out of the apartment uh, that he was sharing with a bunch of people in New York when they got raided um, for selling drugs. Uh, and so everyone got arrested except him. Uh, and when he first moved to New York, uh, this was back when you could write, you could just open a bank account and they'd give you a bunch of checks, uh, but the whole thing wasn't worked out yet, so they went all over town uh, writing enormous bad checks. Uh, and he seems like he's a, I mean, I guess I hadn't really had much of a sense he was such a criminal. Uh, <laughs> huh. So that's it. A committed criminal. <laughs> yeah. A b- incredibly committed criminal shot a man in the foot. Yeah, I might like have liked to have heard the particulars of that, other than the fact that he was a check forger. Well, this fellow he shot in the foot was an obese Mexican dancer. <laughs> right, <laughs> he shot him in the foot in the foot so hard his foot flew into an elevator where it was chopped off. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's something I forgot to because an elevator sliced yeah, his foot off. How did that? I've happen? never heard of an elevator slicing anything. <laughs> it's, maybe this is some crazy kind of hydraulic Mexican elevator. Shit goes down yeah, in Mexico. The yeah. safety standards are not the same. Well, and you know how much cheaper it is to make an elevator out of razors. You think they aren't gonna? No, <laughs> you're right. You're, you're so kidding much yourself. Cheap. There's not elevator regulation. You're gonna make that thing out of razors. <laughs> machetes because those are the things that are abound in nature right you're talking about people who Naturally put cinnamon in their chocolate anything yeah. can, anything can <laughs> happen there anything nothing is sacred. can happen hello jordan jesse go this is matt from cincinnati and i just wanted to bring up an action item that you had uh brought up last week it was about a revelation on uh, a parent brought up and here's my story uh, my mother and father were separated when I was before I was even born. 
so my mom was driving me back to my dad's uh, after a visit. And we were sitting there chatting as per usual, and at one point, my mom, out of the blue, brings up the fact that my dad was a dancer. Take a beat. My dad was a dancer, what? You mean like a ballerina? She looks at me with a puzzled look and says, he didn't tell you? I look back and say, no. What do you mean? She says, well, back in a little bit after high school, you and your Uncle Bud were male dancers. Strippers, Matt. They were strippers. (laughs) And that was the day I realized, hey, my dad was a stripper when he was younger. We had a conversation after that. And I realized there's a lot about my dad I didn't know. So that was my story. Now, Thank you, you guys. mentioned Bye. earlier that you think the thing that links these calls together is not knowing where they're going. Yes. I kind of knew exactly where this was going. I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. if, this is, if this is something other than stripper dad, I'm surprised. I almost thought it was weird that he guessed ballet. Yeah, right? <laughs> I would have guessed male stripper. When your dad was a dancer, I go, stripper? I, I immediately yeah. assume, <laughs> I assume most interesting is what Thick I try to do. gigolo? <laughs> Thick dicks jiggle up. It's amazing the the stuff that can lurk in the past. I mentioned Prodigy, the rapper Prodigy. Mm-hmm. Um, Prodigy's father was in <laughs> a uh, he's on he's on an upcoming episode of The Sound of Young America. His father was in a duop group, a moderately successful duop group, but then became a junkie and became a criminal. And I was talking to Prodigy about how. You know, I think a lot of uh, so-called gangsta hip-hop is kind of fantastical. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, it comes from a world where it's like the Goodfellas or something. Like, it's mm-hmm. inspired by someone's experience, certainly. But it's not about stuff that they're actually advocating or has actually happened or whatever. Um, and Prodigy pointed out that uh, his dad would... If something bad happened to Prodigy... His prodigy's dad would send prodigy back out and say, "Don't come home until you've beat that person up. Here, take a knife in case you need it, and stab the motherfucker if you have to." That was the advice when he was like ten. Whoa! When he was like a nine, ten-year-old kid. Jeez! Wow! They shouldn't have knives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, about, have, you gotta have num nums. You gotta, you gotta get a num num and some vapo rub. Yeah, that is. A, has anyone sent you a knife for your baby yet? <laughs> I have not gotten a baby <laughs> no. knife. Bow tie onesie. A widow baby knife. You're gonna send your baby out in a bow tie onesie with the knife and say, "Settle it." <laughs> <laughs> if he comes yeah. home with any disputes. Who called your onesie gay? <laughs> you're, settle it. Your dad. Your dad had to learn to be a faggot in the ghetto. You're gonna have to learn too. <laughs> Oh, man, I think you just found the title from your memoir. Becoming Faggot in the Ghetto. Faggot, Faggot in the, in the Ghetto. ghetto. <laughs> yeah. The Jesse Thorne story. Hey, that's a, it's not a bad title. No. It's all right. Faggot in the Ghetto. Yeah. Solid. I mean, I mean, I would, if I saw that book at Barnes & Noble, I would open it up. I would be like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> I got probably more Cracker or White Boy than Faggot. But, yeah. But in 60-40. <laughs> it only, and you, it only constitutes 60 if you call White Boy and Cracker two sides of the same thing. If you split it three ways, then probably faggot wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, here's the concern. Obviously, this is something you're going to want to option. Right. You want to option the screenplay. You're right. going to have to change the title to Faggot homo. in the City. 
Oh, I mean, this hotel's fancy. <laughs> was, wasn't that the time? It's like Crocodile Dundee bits. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a faggot. You see this, you see this as a fish out of water story. That's what I see. Faggot in the city. Baby, He's got a suitcase. Baby me. <laughs> Country faggot and city faggot. <laughs> baby me has grown oh. up. As uh. as the victim of various slurs <laughs> in a small country town. That's right. And I travel to the city to meet some cholos who <laughs> do the same slurs. Yeah. That's right. That's some right. different cholos. Did you guys see? You know, I um uh I, I love uh, Stefan on Saturday Night Live. There was sure. a new Stefan recently on Saturday Night Live, and one of the lists. Featured, you know, the, this is just essentially Stefan is just a list joke. Yeah, it's that's just right. here's a thousand different crazy things. I, it's my favorite thing in the world. I'm not sure. going to well, lie. Well, Hater's but, so precise with that oh, character. Hater's so amazing, and and uh, uh, our, our friend John Mulaney helps uh, writes it with him, and they're they're brilliant. And um, uh, one of the things in the list this week was Pachucos, <laughs> and I thought that was like the most wonderful. Sure. I second only to Cholo Dads. Yeah, Cholos. Yeah. yeah, Cholo Dads. Oh, I was just driving. I was driving to uh, get something from the Office Depot. Mm-hmm. I drove past the Little League field. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I've been thinking about, you know, now I see where I live in a new light because it's like, oh, this is where my kid might grow up, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm about to have a kid. And uh, our friend Al Madrigal lives nearby. He lives mm-hmm. in Eagle Rock. We live uh, not far from him. And he's always talking about the Cholo Dads. Uh, that are the parents of kids on his kid's soccer team uh, that he's afraid of. And uh, I was checking out the Little League field, saw a couple of nice cholo dads out there. Yeah. <laughs> had some had some Adidas flip-flop, Adidas shower shoes with, uh, you know, st- striped gym socks pulled up to their knees yeah. and shorts, Dickies, Dickies shorts. Dickies shorts. Yeah, yeah, crumpled up 20s in, a short, <laughs> in yeah. shorts pockets. Yeah, probably one of, those, one of those combs that you slip over your middle finger. That's you, right. You know what I'm talking about? There's, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I kind of like that. I sure, kind of what's like. What's not to like about that? I like the idea. I'm glad that my kid. If I had the, if I have the choice between my kid growing up on a, on a little league baseball team full of cholo dads, uh, children, or a little league baseball team full of like Hollywood prop masters' children, <laughs> yeah, or like costume designers' children. I'll yeah. take the Cholo dads every time. All sure. of Dustin Hoffman's kids. Maybe you'll uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe you'll make a friends with a family. And you'll get to have uh, a tamale Christmas somewhere. Yeah, maybe we'll get maybe we'll get a hotline to some empanadas. Hey, I I was a youth soccer coach for like five years. And, oh, really? And, yeah, growing up, and it's like the worst. Like those youth sports families and like people who care too much. Sure. People who for them it's not about their kid. It's like intense. And it was all the scary Southern rednecks is who I was dealing with. Oh, oh but wow. it's interesting that they that the scary Southern redneck wanted their kid to play soccer. I think that yeah, that's the well, yeah. Maybe what you end up with then is like really aggressive dads who the only sport their kid is capable of playing is soccer, <laughs> gotcha. and they're oh, mad sure. about it. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> they, there's like an there's yeah. an underlying bitterness that they're even at a soccer game. That's right. I was a fifteen. I was fifteen years old, and I had a 
full-grown man, like a 40-year-old man, tell me in front of his wife and kids that he was going to fight me in the parking lot over an oh. offside. Because I'm going to kick your ass in the parking lot. And I was like, oh, no. What, what did you do? <laughs> you were the, you were just the coach, I right? was the linesman. I was the, oh, I flagged. Oh, I, yeah. I pointed which direction, like who was in possession of the ball. And then I called offsides, too. And I called an offsides call that I felt was correct. Sure. He felt wasn't. <laughs> even if it wasn't correct, even if I was way off. He does not give him the right to fight me in the parking lot. Now, was he? Was, did there was was there a mom in this situation? Mom was oh, nowhere around. I think mom was embarrassed. I, okay, that was gonna, like, well, gonna those be... situations where they're just like, "Oh, isn't he so?" And I'm like, physically threatening. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes here's here's so the murderous. Thing. <laughs> yeah. I grew up. I grew up playing. Uh, I, I grew up playing park league baseball in the in the inner city, and um, you know, most of the kids' parents on my team were great. And my, my parents never really came to my games. Um, I was a very sort of independently driven kid. Like, my parents didn't have cars or anything, so they didn't need to give me a ride to the game. I would take the bus to the game. And, you know, like, it was, uh, it was fine. And the reason that it was fine was the one, kid's, one kid had a parent who came to every game. Um, and it was this mom, and the mom would come to every game, and it, every, she was just a tough woman, like a bitten by life woman like i looking back she probably was 35 i mean but to me she seemed 89 years years old but also like prison years right like a lot of bench presses yeah and she would come to every single game and every single game she would be so fucking drunk <laughs> just so drunk yelling obscenities at every player on the field wow and our coach. Our coach was the sweetest guy ever. His name was Little Reggie. Oh, come on. Little Reggie yeah. would get yelled at over just these horrible profanities. And the poor kid just had to sit there. And his mom would like yell at him when he did something wrong. And these are games in the morning, right? Oh, Drunk geez. in the morning at a yeah, kid's soccer game? Exactly. Like a uh, uh, little league game, baseball yeah, game. Yeah, basically. I wasn't. I would look. No, I may I have been it. a faggot, no, no, but I wasn't on. a faggot. <laughs> That's in the forward to you. You didn't memoir. do anything European. <laughs> God forbid. You know what? I've been thinking about that lately. I've been thinking about my child and the relationship I hope he has to sports. And to Cholo Dads. And to Cholo Dads. Well, I hope he has a friendly relationship with Cholo Dads. You You'd like to have him have a Cholo Dad have mentor. A they have good barbecues. Yeah. They have That's good barbecues. Right. You want to get in on that. Yeah. Um, but no, I really, I really hope that I can do whatever it takes to trick my kid into liking sports. <laughs> I don't know what you do to make a kid like sports. Like, I grew up liking sports, and I know some... I think it starts by throwing a ball in there, seeing what they yeah. do with that. Just, throw... just throwing a ball in wherever they are and just see if they, like... Yeah, what you, th- what you do is you just... You, <laughs> you, in the crib, throw a Nerf ball in there, yeah. and then throw some scrapbooking materials in there, too. See which one they crawl over to. That's right. Do they Here's... start playing ball, or do have they start scrapbooking? Of, have a bunch of naturally occurring hoops in your house. You're right. I don't... Set them with a ball. Have pits. <laughs> have some pits. See how they navigate the pits. The one thing that I don't want, though, it's important to me that my kid likes sports. And, you know, I mean, obviously, if he doesn't like sports, I'm not going to be... Uh, I'm not going to be crushed. Right. But I would love it if you like sports because I like sports and it's a good thing to have in life. Mm-hmm. It's, you don't have to love sports or be good at sports. I mean, I was never especially good. But, you know, just to have that kind of fluency. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, and, and the interest. If the interest is there, you can hang out, talk about sports. You can Yeah, absolutely. You can talk about sports with practically, you know, 75% of the people of your gender. 
That's correct. Um, and so I think that would be great. My only concern is that I don't want him to become an athletics enthusiast. Because while it is healthy, I just, I just don't know what happens to somebody who plays sports so... Like, I, would ju- I just can't imagine a sadder thing than doing something that you start getting worse at when you're 24 and inexorably get worse at for the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, I never... I played soccer. I played a bunch of sports, like, you know, competitively and not... But I was never in, like, a high school. I wasn't that good. Yeah. So I never was ever in the mindset of, like, maybe sports is my thing. Like, I was never, like, I'm going to go to college because of sports. Like, it never really even seriously entered my mind. And I feel like I run the risk. I mean, you know, I don't know. My, my, wife is, uh, uh, my wife is healthy and athletic, and I was not a horrible athlete. I mean, I was no good, but I so was... So the gene pool's there, you're saying? I'm, yeah. <laughs> so we, we, got, we got what it takes, but what if there's an anomaly and he turns out to be good, mm-hmm. and then I got to deal with a kid that wants to go play sports all the time? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, wants, wants me to... T- wants to what. I don't want to have a 15-year-old in my house that wants a weight set. Right. Well, and also then he might be like bigger and stronger than you. You can't have that. <laughs> no, sir. No. No, yeah, you have see, to be physically intimidating to your kid at all times throughout his life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Otherwise, what do you got? He's, yeah, he's, gotta, he's just got to know that at any point he gets socked in the mouth. The key is to not give him any calcium. Oh yeah, that's sure. right. No calcium. As little protein as you can get away with. Sure. You you want him to have those. You don't want him to have uh, brittle, breakable bones. No. But if you can get if you can get light, flexible fish type bones, uh, that's ideal. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, are you worried that he'll learn to fly? <laughs> Is that a concern that maybe he'll uh, he'll have some sort of leathery kind of growth between his arm yeah. and his side? Then maybe his bones will like, be hollow. Like if maybe some flying squirrel something is in there somehow, and yeah, he's able I mean, to... well, it's you know it's <laughs> gliding. I should say, are you worried yeah. that he'll learn to glide? I don't think he will not learn to fly. Certainly, no, that's some no, sort of no. mutant I'm describing. That's but... crazy, but well, he will be able to glide. He will, yes, to glide from tree to tree. The, <laughs> the problem is that skin that runs between the elbow and the bottom of the rib cage runs in my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. so if he has these weak bones, oh, you got a glider geez. on your hands. Yeah, you see the... him up in a tree, hop into another tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess more... <laughs> you're gonna go how do to get the sweet nectar. <laughs> I love I guess, sweet nectar. I guess the moral of the story is you can't control who your kid's going to grow up to be. Yeah. That's right. That's he might right. be a sports enthusiast. He might be a squirrel man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Dominic Durkis, Crackle, once again. <laughs> the nickname Crackle. Don't feel dumb saying the nickname over and over again. Well, it's part you know, of the show. I just want people to know that I love it and chose it. <laughs> You're all about it. <laughs> That's it. That's what I want. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, uh, on our program from time to time, we ask that our listeners give us a call at 206-984-4FUN when something momentous happens to them for our segment, Momentous Occasions. Uh, let's go to the tape. Hey, this is Eli from Pennsylvania calling with a momentous occasion. Today I was riding my bike down a very, very publicly used bicycle path, and I saw a couple off the side of the bicycle path having sex outside in fairly plain view with both of their pants down. Um, About 300 yards, because I couldn't stop because I was afraid, 
about 300 yards down the path, I saw a nun dressed in her nun attire briskly walking in the opposite direction. All right, thanks. (laughs) 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 That that got good. Yeah. As I get people fucking outdoors, you know, that happens. A nun about to get hers. Holy criminy. Have you ever seen people fucking outdoors? Uh, not, no. (laughs) Have you ever seen people fucking that weren't you? People, fu- yeah. I mean, I've opened doors and been like, yep. and it's. I mean, and you know, who knows how far along things were, but yeah. it was definitely that was the road they were driving. Yeah, down. I've seen some hefty roommate making out that was stopped as soon as I got there, but no. Yeah, I mean, I've I I feel like in at least a couple of parties I've opened doors and then been like, oh, I I saw some people fucking in a dorm room once that, mm. that didn't close their blinds. The, Donald saw people fucking at a Bank of America ATM. He oh, yeah. He, he tweeted I about saw it. He, there was a wow. live tweet. He tweeted about And the tweet's great because they're, I mean, it's a, it's an ATM, so it's visible to the whole street. It's on, like, Broadway. It's like the ATM I would go to every time in college. And there's just some guy on the, like, table where you're supposed to write out so this checks is, and this stuff. So this is in New York, this is more common. There's the ATMs that are in this enclosed That's space right. that you need your ATM card to get to into. swipe to get into so that homeless people don't just go in there and sleep because right. it's essentially 24-hour shelter. They get in there anyway, it's fine. But this couple was just, like, she has her back against the glass and he is just having Yeah, they don't seem to, yeah. And then another, and then apparently a person walked in Withdrew money and, and got money. And, and, and yeah, he got money and left. <laughs> I, just I, saw, uh, I saw not sex the other day, but but I was coming home, and uh, I should describe my apartment complex. It's kind of – it's these two buildings, and it's one story, and they just – they're long. They go back several units, and it's kind of like a gauntlet of apartment buildings. And I'm walking in. It's really late at night, and I hear this bang, bang, bang that just caused me to whip around. And uh, I look in my neighbor's window. It's, you know, two in the morning. Uh, his lights are on, and he is – the banging is him hanging a portrait in the nude. Oh. It is was the most David Lynchy thing that oh. ever happened to me, and I was fucking freaked out. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised if he had, like, turned his head to look at me, and he would have been wearing clown makeup. <laughs> like, it was so fucking scary to you see re- this naked reached, man with a hammer. You reached into your pocket, and you came out with a piece of apple pie. Right. Sure. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Highly symbolic. It was very symbolic, although I can't say what the of symbolism what? was. Knows? Hard yeah. to say. Symbols don't have to mean things. Nope. Lesbians. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. This is uh, Clayton in Los Angeles. I'm calling with a momentous occasion. I wasn't able to call immediately when it happened because I was in a loud food court, but I was just sitting down to eat lunch, and a weird old Chinese man walked up and put down on the table what looked like a little keychain that was a combo bottle opener, uh, nail clipper, emery board, etc., and it had a little picture on it depicting the uh, crucifixion of Christ. And there was a little card attached that said, I am deaf. These items help feed my family. Please donate $2 or 250 for a good luck. And I didn't touch it because I was in the middle of my burger. And about a minute later, the weird old Chinese guy came back. He looked at me like I had just wiped my ass with the thing. He picked it up off the table and walked away. So I'm pretty sure I've just had a curse put on me by Chinese Jesus, and I just hope I get to hear one more episode of Jordan Jesse Go before my imminent violent death. Thanks, guys. That's jumping to a conclusion. Th- that happens. Yeah. yeah. That's a thing that happens. Chinese Jesus? 
Yes, Chinese Jesus exists. I think just in general, Very folks real. being super financially desperate who don't speak the language too well might yeah. just kind of, in broken English, half offer you something they hope you'll give them money for. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I don't think it's that. I mean, obviously, getting a dirty look is, is bizarre. I don't, that's not that you weird, don't want though. That. Those things no, happen. It's not technically a curse. Sure. Although no. most foreigners are trying to curse you. Well, sure. Or old trick ones. You. Old ones. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, they've lived. A, they, they were alive back when back when witches were alive. Yeah. <laughs> Why you so old? Magic. Yeah, yeah. How'd you get to be so old? Has magic <laughs> helped? Just as an example, recently I was cursed by Robin Leach. Oh yeah. No. Yeah, from Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. It was actually kind of an honor. He's fat yeah. now. <laughs> Very fat. Very. Fat. He's still kicking around. What's he doing? Corpulent. I see he, him he, at stuff. I work oh, really? a lot of press events, and he will just be wandering around, <laughs> being very fat. What a great! Gig I think he the had. last time I saw him at the MMA awards. <laughs> I shit you not. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, still wearing like yachting clothes, like open shirt with you know kind of wispy gray chest hair. Being very fat at the MMA awards. Armbar. As many skull t-shirts as the eye can see. <laughs> Everything's got skulls on it. Tap out. <laughs> Don't be a pussy. Hi, uh, this is the Jordan Jesse Go. I am Dylan. I live in Baltimore, Maryland, and I go to a public arts high school. And I just uh, got home from school and checked my phone for messages, and uh, my grandmother called me at the voicemail uh, uh, saying that she wants me to be careful and, quote, on the lookout for John Waters, who lives in Baltimore and likes to you know, walk around and be friendly to everybody and, you know, just meet with people and be just generally the nicest person on earth. And to be on the lookout for Mr. John Waters so that I uh, do not catch the gay the gay from him or as she put the homo-itis. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I like the idea that John Waters is kind of a patient zero. Yeah. It's kind of like a place that homosexuality started. Like, all the gayness spreads. And it's I a feel... proximity thing. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't it be such an honor to catch homoitis from John Waters? Oh, sure, if you're going to catch it, I mean, who else would you, like, where else would you oh, go? Sure, it's like getting turned by Dracula. That's right. <laughs> you know? By the Dracula. The Dracula. Oh, you're not some dude who got bit by Dracula. You're fucking Dracula. Yeah. This is an honor. Yeah. Sure. No, you're I mean, the count himself. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just, you know, just getting turned by some, you know, whatever, gay dude having brunch while wearing short shorts. I mean, that's one thing, but Mr. John Waters. Yeah. I think that the only possible, um, uh, I think that the only possible thing that would be better than the Dracula, mm-hmm. would be like Count Dracula, would be Count Von Count from Sesame Street. Sure. If he bit you and turned you into a Dracula. And I, I like, I, I also like this kind of idea that's in there that like, 
you know, maybe the reason, part of the reason that, like, older people are so homophobic is because they don't know a lot. Like, you know, there's just no gay people around them that they know of. So, right. you know, it's hard for them to be sympathetic or understanding. So, like, I like this idea that the only gay people are the famous ones we know about. That's like, right. <laughs> there's a gay guy in Baltimore. I've seen him. He directs movies. You know, like, <laughs> he's there. Like, yeah. every gay person is accounted for because they are, qual- you know, they we've seen them in the media. Something else I, I feel like is that John Waters, of all celebrity homosexuals, mm-hmm. is the one who would most enjoy giving someone homo ideas. Sure. Oh, like, sure. Like, I feel like John John Waters, is, <laughs> who has been a, a guest on The yeah. Sound of Young America twice and one of my favorite Sound of Young America guests ever, would really get a kick out of it if he had that power. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, he would probably abuse it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. He would probably shoot gay rays from his fingertips. The reality is that it's a negative stereotype that all gay men, and especially all older gay men, are Lotharios. However, John Waters is definitely a Lothario. <laughs> she's wrong about how being gay works, but she's right about how John Waters works. <laughs> yes. She may not understand homosexuality, but... It, but and also, isn't that weird that, like, someone who is so bigoted is familiar with John Waters? Like, like a really, like, countercultural figure. You're keeping like, tabs. Yeah, like, how do you know who that is, I but also with, you're bigoted? Like, how does that is, work? The thing is, ultimately, if you're in Baltimore... You only have like three famous people. You got John Waters, Cal Ripken Jr., and, and everyone who was in The Wire. I was <laughs> yes. I was just gonna the say the characters The Wire was based on. I was just gonna say a crab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the three sure. things you have. Oh, uh, there's the Baltimore crab. That one crab. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, I heard world. about that crab. Oh, celebrated. I tasted his delicious cakes. Sure. <laughs> I hear he's gay though. Yeah. So. Oh man! Can do you think we could maybe get John Waters in here to homo us up a little bit? I uh, hey sure. Oh, that would be so fun, especially especially given your new auto, autobiography title. Yeah, I'd be happy to come. Oh jeez, me Jesse and John Waters sitting in a tree. H o m o i n g. Home owning. <laughs> yes. You own a home together. <laughs> Scared of the homoitis. Yeah. That, I also like the good old fashioned put itis at the end of something. It's a disease. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> that famous that famous uh Freddie Mac uh Fannie Mae bailout is actually headed by John Waters. So oh, okay. he is leading a lot of people to oh, home ownership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John Waters <laughs> is so great. Oh man. There's this part in his book, uh which by the way, members of the Judge Sean Hodgman uh post-apocalyptic justice squad got Mm -hmm. uh, in their uh, justice kits. Um, uh, This is his new book, Role Models. There's this part about... uh, There's this part about Johnny Mathis and just how... How John Waters is so loving towards Johnny Mathis (laughs) and he's so respectful of Johnny Mathis's particular band of Republican closeted homosexuality. (laughs) Um, It is just so touching. And you're just like, man, John Waters might be the greatest bon vivant in the world. (laughs) Like, who could top him, right? Like, who's better than that? No, not me. Our friend John Hodgman might make a play for it at some point, but he's got to become even more of a caricature of himself. (laughs) What about Dracula? Yeah, Dracula's... Oh, Count Chocula, even. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Count Chocula. Yeah. 
Well, he gives you gingivitis. <laughs> what about Sam Malone from Cheers? Yeah, Ooh, good. yeah, that's Man, pretty good. Can't keep Diane hanging on forever. Yeah, yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Dominic Crackle Durkis. Oh, Durkis, it's been a pleasure to have you. It's been fun. It's not a Jordan, Jesse, go without it, if, unless a Durkis is involved, I always say. Is that true? Yeah. I'm glad you've always said that, and, and I'm glad to christen the, this first, the first episode. <laughs> episode <laughs> of Jordan, Jesse, go. <laughs> Ever Jordan, Jesse, go. Uh, Dominic yeah, Durkis, the host of the Anytime Show, which is uh, not only live here in Los Angeles, but also available as a podcast. Yes, it is. It's on the iTunes. And you can enjoy it in your iTunes, and uh, you can enjoy that Mystery Men on the Mystery Netflix. Team. Mystery Men. <laughs> How do you feel about the movie? Oh, Mystery I'm sorry. Man. I interrupted your separate plug. I I'm apologize. Mystery Men with uh, Janine Garofalo and Kel, aka <laughs> yes, aka the greatest disappointment of Jesse's life, ages zero to sixteen. Oh, Mystery Men was. Oh God. Yeah. I. <laughs> I could not when I was 14 years old when that maybe 15 when that movie came out I could not have loved Ben Stiller, Janine Garofalo, yeah. William I feel like H. I saw Macy. that my senior year Fucking of high school. Pee Wee Herman was in that. When that came no, out? I was not. Huh. I was definitely like 15. Anyway, 14 or I have 15. a skewed timeline that I remember, that I forget when I when I saw Mystery Men. Then. Okay, anyway. but I mean, my my point is that it basically was a movie that brought together every person. <laughs> Look at that! I was eighteen, nineteen ninety nine. Look who knows more about when Mystery Men came out. <laughs> oh well. Did you know that it was directed by the guy who uh, <laughs> the directed the Erwin Burr commercial? Yeah. Ooh, that was why it was so horrible. That was his big gig after that. Had a lot of funny jokes in the script, a lot of gifted people in it. That Aaron Burr commercial was the biggest deal ever. Yeah. Sure. I don't think I've ever experienced that was the a commercial. First funny commercial. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. I was I was having this I, not to derail our outro too much, but I yeah. was having this conversation today that, that You were you were recently trying to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Right, yeah. Um uh I uh like if you showed people in 1992 our commercials now, they would be so freaked out about how all our commercials are weird. Like they just have to be weird. Like, like the Skittles no, commercials. Yeah, you would show the, it to an addict. Messing exec. with Sasquatch. Yeah, hamsters driving cars. Anyway, That's it. like what are the anyway? Right. But I, I guess they had Big Mac tonight then. Yeah, we didn't have Big Mac tonight, but Big Mac tonight was not intended to be weird. No. We, we would seem to America in the fifties what Japan seems to us now, which is, which <laughs> is just great. like no, that's perfect. All of their culture what are and media doing? is just like, how does that make sense to anybody? And it's like the Skittles thing, what where it's like, happened to you? Guys? I turn everything into Skittles, eat right, Skittles. Sure. It's like what? The and then f- my beard feeds me Skittles. That's right. I think you I, could I show people of any era, Little Richard, no matter what project he's pushed, product he's sure. pushing. And they would be made uncomfortable by it. He's <laughs> made people uncomfortable for sure. 60 years now. Yeah, just the strangest type of charisma that man has. <laughs> so much of it, too. He's so amazing. Yeah. He's so fantastic and great and so weird and upsetting. Yeah, yeah. And he always, he's constantly saying, makes my big toe shoot up in my boot. Just over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was that one time I saw his concert. <laughs> he used that joke like six times. Makes my big toe shoot up in my boot. Am I right? <laughs> what are you... I I don't know. I'm not gay. <laughs> Woo! 
No one asked you. Me and you Johnny Mathis. Me and I just yelled, I'm not gay. <laughs> me and Johnny Mathis, not gay. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, what? Johnny Mathis clapping? <laughs> yeah, that's him. Good call. Okay, 206-9844-FUN, the number to call if you've got a momentous occasion for us, or if you have a particularly amazing parental revelation, comment on the forums at forum.maximumfun.org on the show. Have a lively discussion or have a meetup or what have you. Yeah. There's some nice non-Jesse and Jordan being there meetups. There's going to be one uh, coming up in New York for our friends uh, Never Not Funny in their live show. Uh, tentative. Yeah. I will start a thread on the forum. Is there interest in a London meetup? Putting it out there. Ooh. If there's interest, we could put something together. Ooh. Ooh. Who do you that know I would in host. London? What that access I would did host. you just gain to London? I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying if I were to host one in London, is there interest? This feels like the a forum. trap. This feels like a weird trap. It is a trap. Yes, it is a trap. <laughs> I wonder if we could get. Uh, I wonder if we could get our pal Josie Long, English comedian Josie Long, to come to this meetup. I don't know if it were if to happen. If there was interest, if it were to if happen, if there was interest, so you got to show you. Get, so they got to show you something, you know. At this yeah, point. I mean, there's got to be some. Yeah, otherwise, I'll just go to the British Museum. I once started get a Facebook. I once yeah. started a Facebook. I'll just see the, the Rosetta Stone. <laughs> Wait, you're gonna. Oh, okay. I yeah, thought you meant you're going to do a Rosetta Stone DVD set to learn English or something. <laughs> oh, yes. I, like, I don't know where this goes. Because I only speak Sanskrit right now. <laughs> sure, right. I'm speaking phonetically. We should clarify that. <laughs> I'm speaking, yes, I'm speaking phonetically, but purely. Uh, like Gerard, I don't know what any of this means. Like Gerard Depardieu and my stepfather, the hero. That's right. Like that, like that kid's in the hall sketch. You have no idea what you're saying. Right. Um, okay, 206-944-FUN, the number to call. JJ, go at MaximumFun.org, the email to email. If you want to sponsor an episode, Teresa at MaximumFun.org. Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, uh, from uh, Kites Are Fun, the best of The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design, and Light in the Attic Records. Um, Dominic Durkis, you can find on the tweeters where? Uh, at Dominic Durkis, D-O-M-I-N-I-C-D-I-E-R-K-E-S. Dot uh, org. No, wait, uh, that's not, that was my Twitter. Is that Dominic? Yes, Durkis? that was oh, who you're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. dominicdurkis.org. Yeah. Yes, I personally Twitter. am a nonprofit organization. <laughs> yes, and that is all a dot edu because I am one of those publicly traded universities. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, publicly traded universities. Phoenix. I'm tired, you guys. <laughs> Nighty night. Goodbye. <laughs>